Welcome to the Modern Drunkard Podcast. This is Frank Kelly Rich with Nick Plummer. The song you just heard was Alcohol by Leisure McCorkle. This is our sixth Seven, podcast. Well, the, the lost missing podcast that was right. recorded over when we were we'll, we'll get annihilated drunk with yeah. Luke. Yeah, we'll, we'll redo uh, mistakes Luke's were made again. Uh, I, I blame I blame you. Oh, it was definitely my fault. But, I, you know, I didn't want to go near the computer. I was like, don't touch the computer. Be like, no, let's record some more. Now we're really drunk. We can say some really smart shit. Which <laughs> apparently, we, I mean, we might actually just post the 34 minutes of incoherent drunken blathering. Yeah, maybe so. Why not? We just call it a podcast. Okay. I don't know how that's so different from our incoherent drunken blathering that we normally do. It's a lot more shouting. A lot more shouting. Fair, mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. And with us uh, today is uh, Brian Clark. Sometimes contributor to Modern Drucker Magazine, World Traveler, currently living in Hollywood. Yeah, and, uh, yes, hello. Now, thanks for having me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Hollywood kind of known as a town on the go? Is that how it's characterized? That's one way to look at it, I guess. Um, <laughs> what's the, right off the bat, what's it like drinking in Hollywood? It's terrible. Um, it's, it's a tough pricey, place. I remember that. Yeah. Well, that's one element of it, but the problem with LA is there's no public transportation and you can't walk anywhere. So. You either have to drive drunk or shell out a bunch of money to take a cab or walk epic distances, which is my choice. So. Yeah. When I lived in, uh, in Hollywood, I would walk all the way down Hollywood Boulevard to Hollywood and Western where I was staying at the St. Francis Hotel. When I came And I worked there. at Gorky's at, uh, at Coenga and uh, okay. Hollywood. Okay. Do you remember the Frolic Room? I do. Is it still yeah. there? Yeah, I still, that's the one of the room. places I frequent, which is not that close to my apartment, but I, I walk... You know, my, my whole drinking scheme there is just to get loaded and walk home. It's kind of a world-famous bar, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good bar. I used to go to, uh, I would go to the Coconut Teaser on Sunset because they had, you'd pay 10 bucks at the door, and it was all the hot dogs and uh, <laughs> keg beer you can drink. Okay. Uh, and I, when I was living in my car, this, it, was, it was a great situation. I could get I, drunk I'm, for 10 bucks well, and Eddie's actually eat as well. Skidrow. Did you go to King Eddie's ever? That oh, place is legendary. Know. I've never been there. I've oh, heard it's, it sounds like it's like... When we were there, someone had just been hit by a bus out front. Was, yeah. Yeah, it was... It sounds like really, it's the L.A. equivalent of Bar Bar. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Is, is the ski room still there? I, it does not sound... does not ring a bill. I don't know. Akbar? Oh, yeah. That's a gay bar, though. I'm, is it? I'm sure you were there a lot, but... but oh, yeah, you know is Bordner still there? Yeah, I believe so. I haven't set foot in that place, though. Yeah. It was all right, but it was it was kind of for the Hollywood crowd, I guess. I got thrown out of the Viper room. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm kind of proud of that. What'd you do? Oh, uh, we were filming. They threw you out the, band, the band asked us to film them, so we were filming them, and then they threw us out because they told us to stop filming, and we kept filming anyway. And we were talking surly. Right. They didn't want us to catch like Johnny Depp. Well, can't the celebrities have one place to go where you guys are hanging on like a bunch of vampires? <laughs> yes, I am the paparazzi. Okay. Well, you know, a, a great place to drink in uh, near my, my apartment is this. There's a tiki bar there called the Tiki Tea. World famous as well. Yeah. <clears throat> but what's oh, nice about it, okay. it's small. It's, it's owned by a third generation owner of who, his, I think his father set the place up in the 50s, like during the Tiki heyday. And uh, because it's one room, it's, it's, you know, 15 by 20 or whatever. And the only employees are his two sons. They don't have to abide by California state employment laws so ah, you can smoke in there fantastic it's like the only bar in la that you can smoke in and wow. they serve really fucking strong cocktails yeah it's Is legendary the, uh, red lion and silver lake still around yes yeah i like that place that's it's a good, good bar good too german bar yes no that's the problem with la there's a lot of great bars and there's they're super great bars and then some of them are cheap and some of them have great food they're all spread out you can't get 
it's not like Denver where you can just kind of wander around. You have to you have to make a game plan when you go out. Sure. It's kind of a challenge. Yeah, who likes to make game plans? You know, when I was there uh, for the article that we did, I, I spent a lot of money on Cat there. Mm. That was the big thing. Because you're very responsible. Well, and I flew down there. I didn't want to Oh, you didn't have a car. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, so what are we drinking here? We're, uh, um, we've got macro brew. we got some uh, Tecate. Tecate and... Uh, you're drinking... Uh, Evan Williams, yeah, which is a really good, uh, really good cheap. Uh, I think it's an awesome cheaper. I'm yeah, really, really happy with it. Since I've been uh, boycotting Jack Daniels since the Great Betrayal, it, it's the one that I grew up on Jack Daniels. So I wanted something that was tasted like it. It's like the one that tastes the closest, I think. Well, to, I, I like it better Jack. than Jack Daniels. I never was oh, I a big too. fan of Jack Daniels. Um, hmm. Honestly, uh, I was always more of a Jim Beam kind of drinker. We're also drinking uh, Cuba Libres uh, with uh, Appleton rum. Ah, that's a good rum. Too. It is. It's quite cheap. Yeah. Surprisingly cheap. Actually, I like drinking that in the summer with uh, soda water and wine. Just rum and soda and wine. It's good. Yes. I'm a fan of the Black Strap, which back in the days of Tiki Boyd's, I would drink for free all the time. I mean, if you remember that cocktail, the the Black Strap cocktail, yeah. Barbados rum. I it's think. a strong. It's a strong molasses flavor, yeah. isn't it? It's like with Coke. It just tastes like Coke. Basically. Hmm. You don't uh, taste the Black Strap at all. You do, but it just they pair really well. So. Gotcha. Which brand was it? It was put out by uh, Cruzon. Hmm. But it was like, you know, Cruzon was the well, but uh, Blackstrap was like the, the higher shelf stuff they had. And speaking of rum, uh, it's coming up. I'm going to try and have it uh, coordinated with uh, Hemingway's Death Day. But uh, he uh, drank a legendary amount of uh, Papa Dobles, which is his version of the daiquiri. But he drank 16 of them, which ends up being, I, I did the math, and it's about a 175 of, uh, of rum. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I would like to do, maybe I'll do that during a podcast. We'll actually try and replicate it. Not try and beat it, but just try and match it. Well, you know, as long as I have the next day off. Yeah, well, <laughs> he said he took all day to do it, and he was very proud of the fact that he's able to walk home afterwards and you know, behave normally. Is it going to be like something along the lines of the Three Kings uh, oh, 20-point challenge? challenge where yeah. you couldn't find your shoes? I found my shoes. You actually did no, that. You found Jimmy I, I'm the only person who has done that twice. Yeah, it's funny. I saw Melon the other night for the first time in five years, and I reminisced with him about the time that. Oh, yes, right. You helped. You helped you carry me, yeah. carry him home to yeah to my home. Well, place. you saved me because he and I were drinking, and he decided, let's do the the gauntlet or whatever the fuck it was called. You drink one of every. <clears throat> I made it like ten beers in, I think, and I give up. But he he got pretty close to finishing. Yeah, he made the mistake of uh, drinking beforehand, which yeah. is which is a. Oh, we were already mistake. drunk when when it was decided that we were going to try this. But we had we rolled him up the hill, you and I. Right. And he no, slept no. outside. Yeah, we had to drag him. I think we laid down a piece of carpet or something and drug him up the hill to my my porch. But yeah, they, how many people tried that at the last convention? There were, there were several people tried it. And, yeah. Uh, I think there was, was one, one large guy, gentleman that did. Yeah, it he wanted easily. to do it again. Right. And they wouldn't let him. He, well, I don't think he had to be able to pull it off. If anybody doesn't know, it's. Uh, you go to this place called Three Kings, and you drink every pint on tap, and which you start is on twenty one pints, and work your way through. Right, and you have to which seems easy. You know, it's like you know, if, if it was all Budweiser, it'd be actually be a pretty easy thing to do. Yeah, but there's some wheat beer in there. No, it, it's a it's a vast uh, mix of beer. But there's some kind of time to limit you. too. You have to keep going. Eight hours. No, yeah. really. Eight hours and no and no no drugs. Uh, no you can eat. You no can throwing eat. up. You can use the restroom. Thank God. Uh, you can have pizza from next door, but you can't uh, use any sort of drugs or... Performance-enhancing drugs. Exactly. I thought it was a rule like you had to do one every half hour or no. something. You just have to do them uh, all 20 in eight hours. Well, the important part of that story is Melon pooped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I don't boy. Know if you recall that. I do recall yeah, that. Yeah, it was pretty epic. How do you forget? i got to make sure no one listens to the podcast now. <laughs> he, he admitted to it last night when I bumped into him. I was like, remember that time? He's like, oh, yeah. I don't think he's ashamed of it. I, well, no, he's not ashamed of much. Well, and then there was during the convention, there was some, one of the conventioners was out front uh, of Three Kings in his underwear covered in vomit. That was a good one. The upside of it is, if you do do the 20 uh, in eight hours, you, you get, it. yeah, it's free. I missed that convention. I, I went to the other Modern Drunker convention, but that was the one that I, I was not in town for. Uh, the last one? Yeah. That was, yeah, that was quite epic, I would have to say. Yeah, I was... Yeah, Frank couldn't I find was, his shoes for the final, and he needed a hat, and we had to kind of... It was totally out of control. Uh, the other two were the pretty podium epic. Which is like a typical convention for me. Yeah. I go there, and, I, and, I, and I, t- I try and get the machine ready to go, and everybody's, you know, doing their thing, and I was like, okay, the machine is, the wheels are spinning, the gears are turning, and I'm just going to throw myself in front of it and be kind of the figurehead and just get incredibly drunk every day. And not having any responsibility whatsoever. Well, I remember the first convention where Sunday you pulled me aside and said, Nick, I want this convention to go well. Need you and Rich to plan this out, and it needs to go flawless. I'm like, Frank, it's Sunday. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. How'd it go? Went well. All right, then. <laughs> now, Frank, go and give your speech. <laughs> uh, yeah, as it should be. Yeah, I've seen video of that speech. It's pretty epic. I'm not sure what the hell I was talking about. It was some kind of revolutionary uh, dogma thing. Where well, was, and then, and then it was like the, London uh, up there. This is the one in Vegas? Yeah. The first yeah. one? Yeah. Then the Las Vegas press showed up and were interviewing you and you went to lean against the wall and missed. And then suddenly we had all these locals there. Yeah. They wanted to like, see oh, the, that's the place the to spectacle. be. spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, I think Luke did a Pratt fall too. Mm-hmm. I was the uh, first person to vomit and the first fist fight. The modern drunk yeah, yeah, yeah. You got in a fight with one of our Philly guys, which yeah. was ridiculous. It was. Yeah, <laughs> but it was Sunday. It was drunkard versus convention. drunkard. Yeah, yeah it's going to happen. <laughs> no yeah. drunkard on drunkard violence. Yeah. And uh, so also we have to drink today. We're going to do a review. Uh, Shiner Bach from a uh, great state of Texas has sent us. What is it called? It's Ruby Red. <clears throat> Ruby Red Beer Bird. Ruby Red Bird. It's apparently it's their uh, summer seasonal. We're going to get into that a little bit later we'll on. See, and we'll like we'll give a, uh, an impromptu review. Hopefully it's as good as the black. Or the black beer. Or the other black beer. I have. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And but we're also going to be us, drinking send some... Send us uh, all of your booze. We're, we're, we're good with that. And we will drink it. Some Red Corinth Grappa. I'm not going to say his name because it's, it might be illegal. He made it in the still in his house. And it's a uh, his version of Grappa. I've already had some of it. And it's uh, it tastes too nice to be proper... Grappa is a little rough. It's, uh, yeah, because it's made from all the stems and all the, all the and skins, all the leftovers. Grapes. Yeah, right. You know. I've, I've had the stuff uh, when I was in Italy and, and in France, and it's if you it depends on the brand, I'm sure, but that stuff is some really harsh stuff. This stuff is actually oh, pretty paint nice. thinner, I think, is what it's been. Called. <laughs> you know, it's like the Native Americans made use of every part of the animal. So, right. You know, grappa is kind of the so uh, alcohol equivalent of, of that. Yeah, okay. Every part of the uh, the grape. Yeah, it's a good system. I'm sure it's terrible. I've never had it, but I, I don't like after after dinner aperitifs or whatever they're called. Oh, it's delicious stuff. Really? Yeah, you just got to be really drunk. Right up there with Fernet Branca. Oh, yeah. I you like, know what? I like Fernet Branca. <laughs> to me, Fernet Branca tastes like someone took the grass clipping stuck to the bottom of your mower that were kind of mixed with diesel <laughs> and, and, and then it, fermented it. And a little bit of asphalt it. in there, yeah. too. It's but you know what? Horrible. I prefer doing a shot of, <laughs> a shot of that than uh, the, the sweeter ones like, uh, you know, Tawaka or... Uh, 
or Jägermeister. I actually like that kind of a harsher edge. Well, I, I want to know when I'm doing a shot. I don't want to do like Jägermeister is definitely when I was younger. You know, yeah, that's great though. Really, you don't like Tawaka. I like Tawaka, but you know, I like it better than Jägermeister. But yeah. I actually prefer Fernet Branca. When, when it first came out, I really liked Tawaka, and I kind of burned myself out on it. I'm still a fan of it. Okay, well, let's get to uh, the booze news. Have you researched anything, Nick? No, no I've been drinking. <laughs> you have failed research. once again. All right, well, I, I have something. <laughs> you remember the whole four local thing? Oh, it was like energy drink with alcohol. They made right, it. and everybody got all weirded out, and everybody's like, oh, my God, we can't have this. And it's such a stupid thing. It's just like, what are you going to ban next? Or Irish coffee. Irish yeah. coffee, I mean. So, but apparently there's another surge of this, and in Chicago they're trying to do it. Uh, that's the Democrats in Chicago, typical nanny staters. And usually you know, the nanny staters are on the left. But there's also a, 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 rep, Tennessee, right? a state yeah. rep in Tennessee, a Republican, is uh, trying to uh, get a band where you cannot serve energy drinks in a bar. And if you do, you lose your liquor license, you get fined, whatever. Which is totally ridiculous because are you going to take coffee out of bars? Are any kind of stimulants you can take out of the bars? I mean, it's when do you stop being an adult? If you're 21, you can go to the bar and drink alcohol, also, but you can't have this energy drink because it has caffeine in it. Or That's not going to go anywhere. I don't think it's going to go either. I, I, mean, think, I think Tennessee's you know, a smart enough state not to fall for that. Well, crap. you know, well, even if they do uh, impose that and pass it, uh, the question is, you know, might get the uh, question on constitutional means, um, like they did with the soda ban in, uh, in New York, whether or not it's actually legal to ban a legal substance. Yeah, uh, energy place. drinks are legal, and, and alcohol right. is legal. And banning the... Uh, yeah, but then again, smoking is legal, and they ban that in the bars. True enough. No, they're going to ban marijuana beer. That's my question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on how far Colorado goes. If Colorado really does, or Denver becomes the, the new Amsterdam, they could have THC-laced liquor, liqueurs, beer, wine. I mean, how far are they going to let this thing go? We will find out. We will. Yeah, I feel like so I... have got a good recipe for marijuana beer. So. Mm-hmm. I've had your marijuana beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's outrageous. I feel yeah, like I dangerous. left Denver at the right time. In it, so it's, uh, I'm sure it will be banned. Oh. Three reasons. You know. Oh yeah. Coffee, yeah. marijuana, and beer together. And it tastes really good too. It was actually was. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. You made this yourself? Yes. Wow. Okay. Marijuana coffee stout. I hate marijuana. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, me neither. I got I was scared to drink it because about half a bottle would just fuck you up. I drank two bottles one time, woke up in the middle of the night, convinced somebody to dose me until I remembered that I drank two twelve ounce beers. It was that strong. It just makes me paranoid. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm already paranoid enough. It also kicks off LSD flashbacks for me if I smoke really mm. strong marijuana. And that's a bad thing. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a really bad thing. I like LSD <clears throat> flashbacks. I assume you're going to cut this out of the fucking No, I'm not. No, 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 no. we cut nothing. Well, we're we edgy. We're edgy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah edgy. we're on the well, edge, yeah, baby. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I'm all in favor of legalizing marijuana. I just don't like it. I don't want right. to smoke it. No, it should be. It should be legal. I mean, it, we're, we're adults 24 hours a day. We should be able to make adult decisions. That's why we should be, we should be able to drink 24 hours a day. I we agree. should have the bar. should be always be open. They showed that uh, reduced violence in London. It uh, did. Pub violence went down because they weren't releasing all the drunks at once. On the streets you know. at one time, yeah. Well, you know, they, Lodo they, they, could really use that. I mean, Lodo is <clears throat> lower downtown in, uh, in Denver, and it is... A shit show. It's a running fist yeah. fight and people vomiting in the yeah, street. Yeah, but you, you, you remember the, the stupid city council's uh, uh, solution to that? Would oh, be they were going to have staggered. staggered so, in other words, they're going to force bars to close early 
Yeah, and and we know That's what retarded. happens there is they kick someone, they kick someone out of the bar, like it's last call. It's one. They just go to the other bar. They, then the next bar yeah. gets crowded, and you know people just run their way to to the latest last call. It's how you it can't works. legislate retardation, and people are going to be retarded. Yeah. You might as well let them be retarded. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you if there's no last call, they don't. They're not all retarded at the same time. But I mean, the question is, like in Vegas and in and in New Orleans, you don't really end up having that. No, last you don't. Call madness. Exactly. You don't have a bunch of you know guys just. You know, springing themselves onto the street. To, Except to, for during Mardi Gras. <laughs> Yo, that's and kind yeah, of that's, organized mayhem. You ever been to a Mardi Gras? I have not. I've, I've been, been to New Orleans, but never for a month. And they're, uh, they're really interesting, but you get sick of it after about three days. And my favorite time in New Orleans is Ash Wednesday when everyone leaves. I just don't like is, people. I, I don't want to hang out with other people, though. They well, you're, can, you're a misanthrope. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, right. you, know, that's, can, you can go what, down to New Orleans and stay in your hotel room for your own what's, Whatever the room. antithesis of Mardi Gras is, I'll go to New Orleans on that day. <laughs> Maybe like Christmas or something. You know? Christmas in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. But Ash Wednesday is great because it's that's where when you need to go. It's Ash Wednesday. And everybody's in church. So Mardi Gras over. Everyone's yeah. left. It's like a ghost town. Mm. And hmm. Everyone's got like a week-long hangover, and the Catholics are supposedly not drinking for Lent. That's when you need to go. So it's kind of like the day after Halloween, all the candy goes on sale. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite moments was stumbling home from a bar around 8 o'clock in the morning on Ash Wednesday and going up St. Charles, and there's all these people out there picking up beads. And they, they just take all the beads out of the street, and they wash them off and resell them the next year. So you're just looking, and there's just these crews of people picking up beads and putting them in buckets. The recycling. Yeah, but it's like the sun, you know, the, Good it's for that. like early morning, I'm really wasted, and I'm walking back to the place I was staying, and it's, it, was, it was really neat just looking up St. Charles and, and the, in the, you know, the morning light with all these, you know, and everyone's gone after a week of just having madness. I just dislike the idea of, of needing an excuse to drink to excess. Like, I, I don't sure. like the whole concept yeah. of, like, feast or famine. I think you should... Be drunk all, if you want to be drunk all the time. Be drunk all the time, but don't you don't have to have some oh, kind yeah, of like I, I despise you know. St. Patrick's Day. I yeah. like New Year's Eve though. I do like New Year's Eve, but uh, well, what's what's the difference? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Well, I, I like the whole uh, renewal, okay, kind of kind of feature of New Orleans uh, of of New Year's Eve. Yeah, a fresh start. But, but St. Patrick's Day is just like an excuse <clears throat> to wear green, pretend you're Irish, and vomit a lot. Right. So, and when I was driving a cab, it was it was like great money, but it was. One of the worst day to drive a cab, except for the great money. Because people are puking, you know. It's just and it's just idiots in the street. There's people yeah. who, who piss their pants. It's the guys who just people who the guys who get drunk like twice a year. Insane, yeah. They get drunk on New Year's and St. Patty's Day, and they, they don't know how to handle themselves. But you know what? I'm not against it. I mean, if people want to go crazy at them. Well, I admitted I was at a bar yesterday, you know, for St. Patrick's. Sure. Why not? As was I. I bumped into you. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you're definitely a curmudgeon. Yeah, definitely. I think everybody here is pretty much a curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, these damn kids like, these days with like their the, drinking. This is like the triad of curmudgeons right here. <laughs> I think I'm probably the most optimistic of the of you, th- the three of us. <laughs> oh, well, you wear the least you guys are You guys are much more bitter. And you wear the least amount of black, I think. I'm dressed entirely in black. Yeah, I know, but as compared to your daily outfit. I'm usually wearing black. I'm more really? of a pragmatist, though. I mean, I, you know... Like, it, it's the same thing with drinking in L.A. where I, I go out on foot and I, I want to make pragmatic decisions about, like, I don't want to go to a crowded bar where I can't sit down. I want to go to a place where I get a cocktail. It's not going to be too expensive and I can walk home. Well, that's the other thing with happy hour. Yeah, I mean, there's a subtext of misanthropy to that for sure, but it's still, it's a practical approach to drinking. Like, sure. Drinking as a lifestyle. As a, I also, I guess, you know, as I was kind of, 
I, I, what I don't like about St. Patrick's Day or Mardi Gras is the concept of getting blackout wasted. I, I, don't, I like being drunk and staying drunk for hours on end and maintaining that, like, you're not sober, but you're not, like, falling down, pissing your pants, saying obnoxious things, being retarded. Right. And they're not too... Well, that's, you know, that's also uh, why I don't get people who take pills and drink. Oh, but that's... They go, they, they go from zero to wasted in, like that and it's like well where was the fun of actually hanging out and drinking right. and being social and enjoying I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on that point well I, I like to start early it's cheaper you know and drink through the quiet times and then <laughs> but I don't mind blacking out you know and I, and I, I do it quite often actually but, but you're not a bad drunk like, exactly I trust you know, I've been blacked out <laughs> so many times thousands probably and I know I, I know myself well Your enough the only thing is know. you pick fights with people when you're wasted but that is not true at all well, once upon a time it was. I haven't seen no, you in five no, years. But. Everybody starts, no, everybody, everybody starts hassling me, and I'm like, you know, come on. I don't, I don't want to. Do, like, for example, I remember one time you uh, outside the Tiki Bar. I remember you, you, you fucked picked, up my suit, you, you picked up a fight. You <laughs> yeah. picked a fight with me, and I was like, why, why are we going to fight? You like, It was like some kind of uh, manhood. No, 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 no. I was just kidding around. And you no, you weren't. You are like, hey, Frank, let's fight then. There was like, no way I could fight you. You would completely kill me. Then why the did you ask me to fight? Because it's funny. It was okay. like Frank Rich, the army ranger who beats people up for fun. I'm going to fight this guy. And, uh, you know, but we're not really going to fight. And then I was like, I'm suddenly I'm on the ground and my suit is torn. I was like, God damn it. I just flipped you on the ground. I know. It was embarrassing. (laughs) I think this happened with me and you, too. I learned my lesson never to kid around We were in the limousine. We were were letting you out and you wanted to fight me. I'm like, why did you want to fight? Then I flipped you on the ground. It was this exact same thing. Right. I learned my lesson. I don't try and I I would never punch you guys. I just flip you on the ground and just sit on top of you until you guys come. Well, you and Jimmy used to go out back of. uh, Yeah, that was different, though. Oh, that was wrestling. Yeah, it was very homo. And that was, no, very homo. No, it was yeah. not. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's, Jimmy's that. No, there. no, Jimmy's that way. He's like he wants when he, get, when he gets a little drunk. Yeah. He wants to wrestle. <laughs> oh, come on, come on, Frank, let's wrestle. Let's wrestle. Right. And you throw him on the ground. Oh my back! Oh my back! <laughs> you hurt me. You broke my back. <laughs> That, but that was after you oiled each other up, right? Yeah, I mean, it was G-strings. Okay, style. yeah, it's after yeah. we got no G-strings and oiled yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. But, but still, it was very, it's a very masculine, uh, heterosexual thing. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. We never, we never oiled ourselves up or... Really? Because I was no. pretty sure that you did. Well, you weren't there, so what do you know? Fair enough. It was actually, it was uh, the reason why we, we were wrestling, because there was Troy Baxley, who's been on the, on the podcast. He invites us over and he says, hey, we're having a poker party. And I was like, right on. So uh, me, Luke, and uh, like five people show up, and we go there. He has no beer, no liquor, <laughs> no chips, no cards, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no potato chips, no you know chips you play with. Absolutely not even a table to play on. I was like, what the fuck? Why did you do this? He's like, well, I thought you got you guys bring everything over because he was broke and he wanted people to bring over liquor and beer and apparently <laughs> cards as well. Can we get back to the booze? Right, yeah. All right. So. Uh, Drinking around the world. <clears throat> Drinking around the world. So uh, we've all been to Europe and drank in Europe. We right? have. You, you were in Spain, Brian? Yeah, I lived in I lived in Madrid for two years. Uh, I worked as an English teacher and drank a lot. How would you uh, compare the drinking culture to America's drinking culture? It's far more favorable and far more tolerant there. The concept of alcoholism or being an alcoholic is an anomaly. I mean, you, you, you can be 16 years old and go into a bar and, and buy a beer and no one's going to look twice. Mm-hmm. And every car in Madrid is, is banged up and dented because there's not enough parking spaces and the roads are all medieval little tiny fucking alleyways. So getting fender benders all the time, you know, you're not going to... They may have stiffened it. I haven't been there in 10 years, but um, 
driving drunk is not what it is in the United States, for sure. I had a roommate who lived there, and uh, she really liked uh, Tinti Verona, I think is what it's called. It's like a wine thing she'd always... Wine and Pepsi? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no that's Cali Mocho. That, I love that juice. stuff. Really? That's yeah. what the kids all drink there. It's, you, you, you buy like a two-liter bottle of Coke, and you buy like a box of... Even the shitty wine is great in Spain. I mean, everything else... The beer is terrible, but the, the, huh. the wine is good. But you buy like a box of wine... Sounds like Paris. I have never been to Paris. I don't know. No, but. when I was in Germany, the kids were drinking Pepsi and beer. Half really? and half. Really? Yeah. Okay, in Spain, it's called the Cali Mocho. It's 50-50 red wine, like cheap red wine out of a box, and Coke. And it's actually not bad. It tastes like uh, grape juice. It sounds awful. It's, give it a shot. This from the man who it introduced would, me it would to take the Brutal you, Hammer, I know, but which that, is cheap red wine and vodka. But that's a whole different thing. I mean, that, that's, you're actually going to get somewhere with that. It would, you'd have to drink like, uh, how many of those would you have to drink to actually get drunk? Well, it's still but it's for, Just for the kids, though, right? I loved it. I don't, I don't hmm. give a shit if it's for the kids or not. You know? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds... And there's sangria, of course, is Spanish, yeah. which is all right, too. Um, yeah, Tinti uh, Verona is like a type of uh, sangria. Oh, okay. So. If you're going to mix like wine or beer with like alcohol, hard alcohol, I can see that. That's groovy, but if you're actually gonna <laughs> you're gonna it's mix it with you can mix it with Pepsi or well, you're you're drinking a, a fucking rum. I know, but if you're drinking, right? I know, what's the I know, difference but, between a fucking cube? Well, you got a hard liquor and you and you, and you got a mixer as opposed to having like a, a mixer in a beer or a wine, which are already weak to begin with. But yeah, when well, I take your point, but at the same time, I mean, you can drink Cali Mocho like all night long, and it's like drinking beer all night long. Yeah, exactly. Well, the beer in Spain is terrible, and they they have this crazy custom of. The, the head on the beer, by choice, for some crazy reason, is humongous compared to anywhere in the States. Huh. So, it's like, you'll get a beer served in, like, a kind of goblet type thing. Like, like if you ever get Chimay, or yeah, not yeah. Chimay, Delirium Tremens. Right. They serve it in, like, this goblet thing. That's a typical, like, Spanish copa that you'll get. But half the fucking thing is head. And it's like, the beer is all imported from, uh, like, the big one is... In England, they, they would... They would... They would hang the bartender. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why they do that. It's Where's really, it really from? stupid. Uh, San Miguel is the big beer. It's imported from a former Spanish colony, which is uh, the Philippines, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. from San the Philippines. Miguel is from the Philippines, yeah. I mean, they have local. They have like a beer from... It's not that good of a beer. No, they have a beer from um, called Alhambra, which is all right, that has like... They have like a dark beer that's really good from Granada. But Spain is shitty for, for beer. I mean, well, I remember as, when, I was, when I was in Paris, it was... The wine was great, and then you had Stella Artois, and that was it. So, That's Belgian, though, right? Yeah. yeah. But it still wasn't... It, Stella Artois is like, you know, Belgian Budweiser, pretty much. It, it wasn't very good. And, and, you know, all the bars you go to would have, like, Stella Artois. You don't like Stella? I don't, I don't find it that, I, I that think great it, of a beer. All those countries that were within the Roman Empire's boundaries, except for England, wine is the main drink. Yeah. And then uh, all the barbarian countries outside of that were constantly invading uh, Rome all are all beer countries. You mean like the Germans? The Germans, the Belgians, I mean, the, anybody that was outside the, the boundaries yeah, of the Roman Empire tend to be uh, beer drinkers, and everybody that was within the confines of the Roman Empire tend to be wine drinkers. Yeah, that might be an interesting There's a little history for you. Yeah, I might have to look <laughs> that up and see. I'm sure it's been done. But, uh, Everything's been done. Oh, uh, booze news again. Okay, um, lay it on us. Well, it's, it's not necessarily booze news, but I just saw this uh, documentary called How Beer Saved the World. And, uh, I've seen that. It's good. There was and, a recent New York Times article a couple of days ago about how beer uh, created civilization. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, I'd just like to say that at the first drunkard convention, 
Rich English and I pose that proposition. It's, it's an idea that's been around in archaeological uh, circles since the 50s. And it was always shot down because they said, well, bread is more nutritious. Right. It came first. But it actually isn't more nutritious right. uh, the way they made beer back then. And so it was, it was shelved for a long time. And now with the, the microbrewery explosion, they're looking into it again and going, yes, actually, the way beer was made back then, without filtering and everything else, the yeast has great B-complex vitamins that gets destroyed when you bake it. So beer is actually really nutritious in its original form, like not the stuff we get from the store because they filter out all the yeast. Right. But I'd just like to say that the uh, modern drunkard uh, was about 10 years ahead of that. Yes. Curve. Thank you very much. There you go. I'm always very skeptical of this kind of, these, these just so stories about history, though. And I, I think people drink beer because it, it's fun to drink beer, not but, because it had more protein in it or whatever. Well, like, but, but, true, but, but back then, though, it, it was, it was, a, it was a, a great source of a B vitamins. and. Uh, but they didn't know that. They just wanted to get drunk. I, I, but over time, they would see that the people who were drinking beer seemed more healthier than people that weren't yeah. drinking beer. And? You know, and, and of and, course you look at the code and the people who were drinking beer, their their children went on to you know, uh, to, they had more children and they expanded. They were healthier and, and they expanded. And, and the whole idea is that they they settled down to, because as they uh, they started planting barley, and you know, and muta barley mutated, and they started using and like going, well, this one's better. It's got more more grains on it, and they provides more sugar. And, and so right, they they planted it's GMO man. They'd, yeah, there you go. They'd plant it and travel around and then come back when it was ripe, which is what uh, Navajo did with oranges. Uh, it's the same thing where you plant it and then you leave it alone. Or And they did it with corn as well. They'd plant the crop and they still were nomadic and they'd come back to, a, uh, come back to the crop. And the question is, why did they start planting barley? And the idea is that they started planting barley not because it was... Uh, to make bread or to eat, it was to make beer. Sure. And then as they started getting better and better barley, they're like, you know, we should just stick around and eat the, you know, and have have booze all year yeah. round. Yeah, and defend the field. I mean, you have to have like an established culture and people and to guard as, the yeah, fields from as that uh, happens, invaders. Basically, you end up building up uh, more and more complex civilization. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I've been, I've been. Actually, I just read a book. Uh, it's called. Uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like uh, a history through six glasses or six cups. And uh, the, the, it's one is beer, one is wine, one is uh, hard alcohol, one is coffee, one is tea, so forth. Good book. You'll find it on Amazon. And uh, he's explaining the exact same thing, though. Essentially, uh, mankind started settling down, stopped being hunters and gatherers because they wanted to drink beer. Yeah, and then you look at the Code of Hammurabi, uh, which is the yep. first codified law that we have found. And it's an obelisk uh, that actually, it's in uh, the Louvre in Paris. I got to see it. It's cool. But most of what is written on there is laws that involve alcohol. Right. They involve beer. If you water down your beer, you get your hand cut off. Right. Uh, and if something happens to someone, you owe them this much beer. It's like the first minimum wage law as well. You're required to pay these people this much in beer. So it's it's all, uh, most of the Code of Hammer Rabbi is about alcohol. Yeah. Okay, well, now let's take a little break here. We're going to drink uh, grappa. I don't I'm have any shot glasses near me. I'm so not gonna... drinking it. I refuse. No, no, you're going to no, love this. It's going to be terrible. Ah, good stuff. Uh, it's not It's not the kind It's not the kind of grappa you had in uh, in Europe. Ooh. It's actually... It's it almost does kind of, have a tequila. It has a tequila note, doesn't it? 
and I feel like fighting, so it might be tequila. And it has that sort of a Concord grape, the white grape sort of uh, taste to it too, doesn't it? Because he used the grapes in his backyard. To make no, this. I get, I, get uh, I really get the tequila aftertaste on it. It's almost smoky. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I, he reckons it's 110 proof. I would say this is more about uh, 85. I'd say 90. Yeah. It's it's strong. But it's, it doesn't um, burn the back of your throat, which, yeah, yeah. if you can do 110, yeah, you're going to have that Once burn. you get over 100, it's, you start getting that scorch. I, I, I think it's good, but it's not really my thing. Well, I like what it. what it is, I think it's the best grappa. I've I had, like it. Because grappa is painfully, painfully rough. Okay. All right, we're going to try the Shiner Ruby Redbird. Now. Yes, we are. Everyone at home, please virtual drink with us. And uh, this year, they're actually putting it into a can, which is apparently new pop for them. Open here. All right. Shiner All right. So Ruby this is the, the this is the Shiner Ruby Red Beer. I have which high is expectations. A summer seasonal. Summer seasonal. Because I, I actually really enjoy Shiner Bach. Me too. So we'll see. Hmm. Uh... Grapefruit. Yeah. I'm, ta- right. I'm, I'm tasting some grapefruit. What the fuck are you talking about? Grapefruit? No, I get that. I get a little grapefruit in there. Yeah, I'm getting some great. I'm getting a grapefruit taste off this. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it has kind I of. I want to be contrary and argue yeah. with everyone about this, but no, actually, it's good beer. I like it. No, it's good. It's got a. It's it's, uh, it's very smooth. Uh, it's a summer fruit beer, but no, uh, I taste grapefruit. No real hop uh, signature on it. It's very uh, light hop beer. Um, but yeah, it definitely has some. Uh, these leaves are called espers. Hmm. Kind of uh, grapefruit espers. You fancy bastard. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got a good, like, uh, good, uh, it's not very malty either. It's, it's a light beer, but it's got a I lot am of flavor of this. to it. No, I, I think it's, uh, they're calling it the, the ruby red beer because it's got, it's like, isn't there a, a ruby uh, uh, grapefruit? Yeah, no, no, I can see the grapefruit flavor in there. What well, about uh, you, Brian? We want to well, thank, thank, uh, thank Ali. No, I mean, I... Hug I hate grapefruit categorically. Like I don't like grapefruit, but so that's I guess it's really why. well. It's not bitter, but I, I don't mind this beer. It's fine. But there there is like a, definitely a fruity uh, malt flavor too. Aha! Uh-huh. Here we go. I'm looking at the actual spec sheet here, uh, and unique ingredients: Texas Ruby Red Grapefruit and Ginger. Oh, there we go. So but, it's, it, but it's not over. My palate is obviously much more sensitive. It's not See, you, you got to be careful. You know, the, 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 the fatal flaw of, of journalism is reading off the fucking press release. Well, I, I, I know release. that, but I waited. I did not see this until I we actually tried. If the you want to maintain the illusion of objectivity, you got to say something. You got to say something no. shitty. See, that's we, why we, that's why we tried it first. But, but here's here's definitely the thing. It's not overpowering. Like I've had fruit beers that are just overpowering right. and horrible. And well, I, that's good. It's good. I, gen- or, or I it generally like a wine. Cream. I generally this despise. Does fruit not beers. have this. This does not have. No, it. I think it's it's just a hint of the ginger and a hint of the grapefruit. Still not as I good as regular shiner though. I think regular shiner. Yeah, but way you, better this than. is designed to be a I think a summer seasonal where you're actually out there in the, in the blazing Texas sun, and you want something kind of a little bit fruity. Did you live in Austin <laughs> for two years? For two years, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about moving back there because of this. All these anti-gun laws being passed in Colorado. There's a chill California wind blowing. Do you even own a blowing. gun? Yes, I do. You didn't own a gun when I lived here. I do now. What kind of gun is it? It's a shotgun. So now, is it the Turkish it's one? It's a semi-automatic I've been thinking shotgun. about getting it. Is it that gun. Turkish yes, one? Yes, it is. I looked at that Pittman show. It is I awesome. I that Oh, gun. man, it is awesome. badass. And it's pretty cheap, too. Yeah, it's 300 some bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it looks shotgun. evil. 
It's an I'll show you guys later on. I'll let you guys shoot a couple holes in the roof. Awesome. Can I <laughs> Your neighbor, wife is going to love that. Because my neighbors... She uh, does. She loves has, it. has uh, this kind of spinny, loud wind thing on the roof, and I want to shoot it off. So Yeah, I got, I got some bird shot. <laughs> Just wait till like... Uh, Booze and guns. Fourth the of only July, way to go. Fourth of July, kids. baby. And just shoot yeah. that sucker right off the roof. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on in Fourth of July. I spent 4th of July in Chicago one time, and I slept in the bathtub. That's when you assassinate somebody, is the 4th of July. The, the neighbor... You the can't tell those gunshots from all the other The neighborhood I was in, in Chicago, it was almost all guns going off and not fireworks. So That's I was Chicago. like, I crawled into the bathtub. Shit, you know. Crawled into the bathtub with the blanket. I was sleeping on their couch. I'm like, I'm going to sleep in the bathtub tonight. Cause but there's a reason why... Oh, I'm, you pussy. 4th oh, of July... Man, it was insane. It was like... There were like automatic there were machine guns going off hmm and yeah all around me it was yeah it was a little it's not like you would want to go out with a hard hat on in case like bullets rained onto your head because well i'm glad you survived me too frank okay and we're back and i want to start off by saying bukowski 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 also hunter s thompson yes indeed. and hemiway and bukowski okay I just want to get that out because okay. one of one of our uh, listeners uh, claims that we always mention Mikowski during our well, podcast. Well, that's because he's the, one of the godfathers of alcohol and writing. Absolutely terrible. So, Although you know what, terrible. I'm pretty sure no, we did him. not we mention right. him during uh, uh, Sarah's podcast. So I don't know. We'll have to go back over. So we broke. I think we broke the string. What What Damn. about Bukowski is admirable to you guys? I know you guys both like him. Uh, I, as I, I, like, was, I like the brutal honesty of his writing. It's a very simple system. I mean, he, he writes like uh, Hemingway, Hemingway without all the... Uh, Hemingway would actually do a lot of descriptive stuff. Bukowski never does. He just just straightforward. He's, he's Mostly dialogue. Clean-cut dialogue right. writing. Right. And and it's, you know... And, and he there, speaks there, by heart because he's all, yeah, always talking about drinking. And there's also a very... Uh, behind the crassness that he writes, there's a, bit, there's a very soulful thing about the way he writes, I think. You obviously disagree from that tight-lipped, grumpy look I'm getting from you, Brian. Yeah, but I just, I, you know, I, I have this... And his this, poetry, I think his poetry is brilliant. I haven't read his poetry. Isn't his poetry pretty much just prose? Uh, no, like, no, they're... No, I have a friend that swears by by Bukowski's poetry as being brilliant. I haven't read it. I, I well, so, well, then why are you criticizing I'm not I criticizing mean, I, his poetry at all. I I don't, I'm just he, talking about his prose. Bukowski you know. is the only book I would Have you read you. Factotum? Yeah. It was all right. I mean, I, I read it ten years ago. I had an ex-girlfriend of mine just sent me uh, women, and I, I read a bunch of it. And I understand the appeal; it's compelling, but I still think he's a loathsome person. Like, really? There's, there's nothing to admire in that guy. Oh, like, I totally, I totally. Like he, he's like, I woke up and I vomited profusely into the bushes, all the w wine. W C B D. What would Charles Bukowski do? Okay. Well, you know, and then he's like. I wipe, fucked this wipe girl. His, wipe his dick on the sheets. Yeah, I fucked this girl. And take a beer shit. I, I, you, you know, I only got ten strokes in before I came, and and I'm. It's like, he's he's sort of bragging about his being a complete fucking loser, and 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 putting that as like something to aspire to because he's being honest. Yet he was not a loser because he became during his lifetime he became a well-known writer. Yeah, he was doing like college tours and such. He was a loser. 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. No, he's a complete fucking loser. No, I, he's I, not. Yeah, I mean, he's a good writer, fine, but like being a good come writer. Come on, he was living the dream. He was drinking no, he and was a fucking. Miserable piece and of he shit. was no, come on, no, he's drinking and fucking. He was the yeah, and he was actually alive uh, long enough to actually you know get some of the fame and money that he deserved. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the whole thing about. Fame. Fame does not jealous. justify anything. You're just jealous of the cast. No, See, not at all. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of his poetry. I think it's Mike. Yet again, I'm going to say it's really raw and it's really honest, and that's why I like it. Okay, as a poetry editor for this fucking magazine, I get so much crap, and a lot of it is like limericks, and a lot of it is soulless crap. And when I get a good poem in, it is golden. Because you're like, wow, this person actually gets it. I get some poetry that's like, well, hey, isn't this supposed to be about drinking? Oh, well, no, I was drunk when I wrote it. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't. No. And, and it's, it's First waiting, of all, through, waiting through crap to find a fucking golden nugget. Poetry and, and, is and, crap. And, and, There's and no seeing, good poetry. There's no such thing yeah, as that's good not true. I disagree with that. I totally disagree. Poet. But, but uh, Bukowski... Has anybody besides you ever called you a poet? That's the question. You know, I've been published several there. times. Several well, times, sir. Good gracious. In your face. I'm terribly sorry for suggesting otherwise. <laughs> and gotten paid for it. Thank you very Legitimate much. Yeah. poet. Nick Plummer, right here. Right buddy. here. In the house. But uh, Bukowski, he's, he's an honest voice, and that's why I like him. He's still a loser. I mean, I, I, I just think... No, he's no, a be- hey, he's a beautiful so, loser, baby. No, this is the thing. Do, the, the do, whole... you want, do you want to hear a story... Uh, about a guy who just kicks ass right. and he's awesome and nice and he's yeah and he's a he's a rich guy and he's, there's, there's, he's there's he has no, a bunch of money and he's really no kicking ass and he's success. There's beauty. No, it's, this it's, that's it's, fine. It's this is the thing, though. You know, the it's the voice of the drinking class, is, is baby. It's beautiful. No, this is what I dislike about American culture: is the, the veneration of fame for its own sake. So, like the idea that, like, even though you're a fat, ugly shitty drinker I mean he was not a good I don't vomit every time I get drunk and when I fuck somebody I don't have to write about like oh I can't believe I got to fuck this 19 year old girl even though I'm this fat pig and I suck but like I wrote about it and I wrote about it honestly therefore it's it's great yes absolutely no you should actually aspire to be not the fat pig who oh, sucks. Really? So, he should, so he should go to the gym and work out and so get wait, we, slim. We and, want to read a story about a guy who goes to the move gym. Move into a nice house. And, 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 no, but I mean, you want to read drink the finest wines. Um, so we're back and we're going to talk about uh, Christopher. Why are we? Okay. What's the segue there? So, there's, there's no segues on this show. <clears throat> All right. They're we're all just, random. So we, we all went to the bathroom. We all took a piss. And, and we made more drinks. We made more drinks. And, and changed yeah. the subject. Right. Nobody listening to this is going to know what the fuck we're talking so about. So Christopher, uh, Christopher Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens. Okay, he's, so uh, who is he? He's a British. Who is he? I'm not familiar Are with you him. kidding me? Christopher Hitchens was a British contrarian, uh, probably best known as an atheist. Regular contributor to Vanity Fair magazine. He wrote God is Not Great. He wrote a book called God is Not Great. He wrote a book about Mother Teresa called The Myth- Missionary Position. But back to the booze. I mean, uh, he was uh, he was a hell of a drinker. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the... I mean, the guy always had a cigarette and a, and a glass of uh, whiskey with him. And we tried to get an interview with this guy uh, because this, uh, this, this woman knew him. And she's like, would you like an interview with uh, Christopher Hitchens? And I was like, definitely. That'd be awesome. And she approached him. Uh, essentially, he said, I don't want to give my enemies more ammunition because he'd already been stereotyped as a, as a drunkard and a, 
alcoholic and so forth. Because he had more than two drinks a day? No, he, apparently he liked to drink a bit. <laughs> he was a proper drunk. Yeah. For sure. Fair enough. But so was fucking, but, uh, you know... Um, Churchill. That's, you, you absolutely... Why did you guys leave the church? Not Hitler. Yeah. yeah. That man was a teetotaler. Yeah. There you go. As was uh, Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Really, Mussolini didn't drink. Nope. Well, apparently he had a little bit of wine. But, and, and Franco apparently had a little wine, too. But isn't it weird that all the really serious totalitarians were always... Well, did uh, FDR drink? Oh, wine? my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? We did Martinis, an article. Martinis. We had, about, article, we had an article about him. The guy yeah. was a serious alcoholic. But what about the other side of the spectrum? Like, so Che Guevara, was that guy a fucking drunk? Who the hell knows? Probably not. Stalin. Did he drink? What yes, he now? did. Actually, did Stalin, did, Stalin liked... Uh, he, 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 he did drink. But What, what about Mao Zedong? Uh, apparently, he liked the, uh, the 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 locally flavored wines. Hmm. It's not a good sign, Frank. No, no, but he was not alcoholic. Stalin apparently did like to drink, though. Apparently, he would uh, but when he was he, Russian. when he was drunk. He, exactly, he was already there. But apparently, he didn't, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't drink vodka. He would just drink uh, wine. That's when he'd work out his uh, his hit list. He would have a few drinks because you know, he had to make you know those hard decisions about what generals to execute. See, this is why I would never work in politics. I would always just kill everybody, you know. Uh, if, you, if you had the power to mm-hmm. do so. <laughs> Which is why don't vote for Brian Clark in 2014. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, you're becoming a lawyer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then it's going to be politics after that. And I, I don't mean, think any of us could ever run for office because we have, in the drunkard, we have said so many things that could be used against hey, us. You know, if I'm running for politics, you know what? They ask me, like, have you ever done LSD? Yeah! That, that's going to be my response. I think I think it should be, I would love to have a politician where they go, have you ever done this? Yes. Well, that's I'm not going to lie know, about it. This is if you lived in Berkeley, you'd probably get away with that. So, 2016. Mm-hmm. Nick Plummer, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> you got my vote. Did I do mescaline? <laughs> yes, I did. I turned into a giant lizard. Giant lizard for president in 2016. Is this Here like a go. typical... Uh, podcast. You've listened to <laughs> what, one of them, though, right? I listened to Shorts McGraw, and I was right. like, "These guys are hopeless." This is <laughs> All right, we got to wrap. Got to wrap up. this um, sucker up here. Uh, we want to talk about one thing. Uh, Tiger whiskey. Tiger whiskey. As uh, I hear, there's no. We're actually tears. Check it out. We're actually. Uh, I've talked to them, and they're going to send us over a shipment. So we're and actually we our next. Ian, our next podcast is going to be Ian Sarsdale. We'll be drinking and and Tiger uh, we've, and also I uh, I'm going to do some same shameless quickly self promotion here for Angry Music for Angry People Festival, featuring twelve bands and a rage room where you get to smash shit with a uh, baseball bat. Uh, at Three Kings, April 27th. That's 60 South Broadway. In Denver. And this is, yeah, in Denver. And this has been the Modern Drunker Broadcast. With Frank Keller Rich, Nick Plummer, and Brian. Fuck you guys. Fuck <laughs> you guys. <laughs> You can't promote. I mean, really, though. I mean, honestly, no, we just did it. This Come is on. a this is a podcast that's going to go out all over the world. And how I mean, many people going to listen to it? Just hear me out here. At how least... many people in Denver are going to be like, "Oh shit, I was going to go. I didn't know there was a show. I'm going to go check out at that show." At least five. Like at least, at least two. Five, two people. That's money in my motherfucking pocket. Okay. Money in you his. You guys got to start thinking globally, man, and forget the locally thing. You know. No people yeah. should fly in for this show because it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely leaving town. I'm definitely. I recommend flying into Denver. 
I will no, definitely be. Alright, and that's it.